I think the intro on this one pretty obviously needs to be a debate. Uh, I man, we always do debates, Zane. Well, you can do your um, Bill Clinton impression, and I can be George W. And <laughs> we'll discuss the problem of vermin. <laughs> All them little furry tourists. <laughs> They're out to get us. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> okay, well, what do you got? I'm going to be bummed if we don't do a, a few presidential impressions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can do the impressions. I don't want it to be in a debate format. Um, how about, like, history of mouse presidents? Ask not what you can do to get cheese. Ask what you can do to earn cheese. <laughs> I don't hate that, but I don't know if I have enough presidents under my belt. The only thing we have to fear is cats. <laughs> there are no cats in, in America. America. <laughs> I cannot tell a lie. I poisoned the water hole. <laughs> <laughs> I broke the dam. Why did you turn into Woody? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't mind Bill Clinton and <laughs> and uh, and George W. like talking about a pest control problem. I'm gonna tell you right now, the roaches are not our friends. They're coming in. They're bringing disease. They're bringing plagues, and some I assume are good roaches. <laughs> some I assume are good roaches. And that is why today I am appointing an extermination company to lead our protection agency. (laughs) (laughs) That's so rough. Sorry, you were saying. (laughs) We're going to build a huge cage and they're going to pay for it. Stupid. Fucking. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Maybe the intro is just us riffing on presidents we hate. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't have to just be ones we hate. Anyone that we can muster an impression of. <clears throat> I did want to reprise my role as Bill Clinton. <laughs> Give it a shot. Let's see what you get. <clears throat> all right, let's see. No, no, as you all know, uh, I can't do it right now. Lido. There it is. Let's see here. No, uh, now, as we all know, cheese has been an epidemic in inner cities, especially recently. And I aim to crack down on cheese harder than any president from before one strike, and you're out. But are yeah, you okay? Are, are you aware that cheese is actually slang for heroin? Is it? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's not really the right response. Nice. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? Oh god, the nineties. Um, I honestly don't know what to do, Zane. Uh, the the American people uh, need to understand that uh, we need to work are together. You, are you trying to be Ronald Reagan? No, it's Obama. Oh, that's Obama. <laughs> well, well, uh, cats uh, in Russia are planning on <laughs> taking over our jobs we need to do something are you just going off of the home star runner impression I found of some Ronald jelly Reagan? beans <laughs> uh, um 
I don't know what to do for an intro, Zane. I could just cut that all into us trying to make an intro, and that's our intro. Hot crackers, that's an idea. Or, or I could just do my both Clinton voice talking about how Tom and Jerry is. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Tom and Jerry is, is the perfect metaphor for our time. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to it. Uh, for too long, the American people have been a nation of Jerry's. We, we really want to be a nation of Tom's. <laughs> um, <laughs> Any, anyone else hearing this? <laughs> <laughs> Did the president just go nuts? <laughs> Fine, whatever. Just get rid of Bush. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, and I'm just saying, know, uh, when Granny leaves the room, we get in there and we steal that Tweety Bird. Saying that is not it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Your Brooklyn is real bad. <laughs> oh man, this is like so embarrassing for me to watch this show because I know nothing about like politicians. So, like, all of my references make no sense. I'm going to assume that the showrunners didn't either. <laughs> yeah, that's the weird thing about the show. It's like they quickly abandoned the idea that they were underneath the White House. <laughs> or just, just didn't pay very much attention to it. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get started, though. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, welcome, everybody. My name is Ben. And I am not a crook. And you're listening to the Cartoncast, the show where we watch old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. Cartoncast exterminators. If it's on screen, we'll get it clean. Forget it for you. Hey, forget about it for a minute. Hey, How you doing? <laughs> What's the matter, you? <laughs> it does sound like he's trying to be a wise guy, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, he is a wise guy. He's succeeding. I guess so, in a certain sense. And what, um, <laughs> does trying to be a wise guy just become becoming a wise guy? He's become the mask? He's all Jim Carrey? Yeah. All right. Jam it as Jim Carrey. Alternate sketch idea. <laughs> I'm smoking over here. <laughs> oh, please, somebody stop me. <laughs> After all, you married her. <laughs> we only have the one. Bada we bing, the one bada inflection. boom. <laughs> we only have the one inflection for Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about Capital Critters. Yep. Uh... Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> why don't, spoilers. Why, why, don't, why don't we talk about things that we know? <laughs> yeah. So, Capital Capital Critters <laughs> ran on ABC in 1992, and then on Cartoon Network in '95 as reruns. Yeah, it was made by <laughs> Stephen Bochco Productions and Hanna Barbera in uh, in 1992, and was actually developed as a trio of shows, like a like a part of an effort for a trio of shows to compete with the simpsons you know <laughs> Good make luck. some healthy competition yeah um, back back before the simpsons became this all-consuming pop culture mass mm-hmm. but uh the idea was that they would also <laughs> have like social satire and some adult themes um unfortunately it only received modest success and the other two shows in that in that group never even really made it off the ground this yeah. only aired for like one season <laughs> well, they was sort of unfocused. <laughs> they they made a full thirteen episode season, but they canceled after two months. So it wasn't until the Cartoon Network one that we actually saw 
the remaining ones. Oh, and like they had such high hopes for this show. Yeah. It was directed by Robert Alvarez, who is a multiple Emmy winner for animation. Really? And it just... They just didn't know what to... Because it looks like a kid's show. Uh, it's really not for kids. Yeah, no, it's not. And it kind of didn't hit strongly with either demographic. Well, except for us. Uh, did it hit <laughs> strongly for you? <laughs> like, I, honestly, I liked the show a lot. Like, I enjoyed watching it a lot. I enjoyed it. Just parts of it just felt kind of unfocused. It was. That's certainly true. Um, did Did you end up liking it? You know, Jamit really saved it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really did. <laughs> um, but we can get into that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so the pl- the plot of the show, if we're done with production, yeah, I don't. There's <laughs> nothing else. They They tried. They failed. They moved on. That's the production. Although, uh, Stephen Bochco did apparently was the guy who, who was responsible for Doogie Howser, MD. Which explains why Neil Patrick Harris Jake is Harris. on the show. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris is our main character, guys. But it's not, like, recognizable Neil Patrick Harris. No, it's just child actor. It's just, like, child actor who doesn't sound like poison. Famed child star, blank name. Yeah. Fill in your name here. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And then you take a roll with the dice, and one in five times you go on to actually do something else. Yeah, no one ever, no one ever emphasizes that they were a child star. Like, if, that's just only if they become a real star. If if that's all they were, that's you know they're like stuck in yeah. that time frame. Like I don't know right, what Macaulay right. Culkin's up to these days, but like there's got to be a reason he's shied away from the public eye, right? Iditarod. Yeah, he he was in the Iditarod. Yeah, that's right. Cut print. <laughs> I just tried to think of the weirdest thing that he could be part of. It's a fact now. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin ran it when participated in the Iditarod. We, we've talked before on the show about how I can believe any headline about Shia LaBeouf, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I think back... we talked about Shia LaBeouf extensively at one point, but... Macaulay Culkin, I... he, he missed his shot. He would he would have to win the Iditarod, I think. To we're 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 talking nonsense. Let's get back on task. Do you know Do you know what he would say if he won the Iditarod? What? Ah! Because <laughs> it's so cold. Yes, <laughs> and he's putting his hands on his face because he's got mittens and he's trying to warm his cheeks. Up. <laughs> and he's screaming because he's so excited that he won the Iditarod. I won! <laughs> he's screaming because he's so excited. It was all for you, Marv. <laughs> Yeah, turkey. <laughs> um, yeah, Marv would fit great in this show. <laughs> Slide him right in. We- weirdly enough. So uh, the-, the plot of this show is that a mouse from Nebraska, just just a homeboy from, ne- just a country boy from Nebraska, he's uh, forced to come and become a city slicker underneath the White House. Yeah, so we're... And then some ethnic stereotypes show up. <laughs> da- dot, yeah. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> legal process like that's not that comedy like i mean okay they're underneath <laughs> the white house it's called capital critters like you may think incorrectly that the show is going to try to draw some parallels between politics and rodents that lasted something. maybe three episodes it, it very quickly abandoned that premise <laughs> and just was like hey, what about that what about that cockroach He's a cool guy. He should show up everywhere. <laughs> I mean, they hit the issues that people in Washington are always talking about. So, you know, I think the I mean, first... not really. Did they? 
Yeah, no, like, the first few episodes are about death, corruption, gun violence, racism, drugs. Like, mm. these are the issues, but it's more like big city issues rather than specifically Washington, except for the corruption one. Yeah, this is less an allegory for political process as it is a fish-out-of-water story for someone from the country. And they also kind of stop focusing on Max because they have a much more interesting character to focus on. Yes. So it just <laughs> that, becomes that true. the adventure of this... Fievel going and sitting down on a barrel. <laughs> the adventures of Jackass in Jackass Town is what yeah. this show quickly becomes. I love Jackass Town. Like, it reminded me of so many, like, ramshackle towns that I fall in love with as soon as I see them. Like, f- the, the, the inside of Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Or, um megaton from uh the fallout 3 okay. like that first that first town that you show up that was like got built up around an a deactivated atomic bomb oh that's neat yeah it's awesome and it looks so ramshackle and shitty and it, i just fall in love with it when i see it yeah and it's nice because you know they're mice they're on mouse scale and you can see the detritus that has formed you know their environments i think i saw a dog bowl labeled checkers once which was a nice little oh gag. that's beautiful <laughs> that's a great joke <laughs> Um. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, in the first five minutes of the series, uh, our main character's family gets murdered. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Pretty graphically. <laughs> like, they're choking on gas, they're getting hit with baseball bats. No, no, see, it's a kid's show, you guys. It's for kids. <laughs> kids like these. No, kids look like at, mice. Look at their look at their funny tails. He's got a pot belly. <laughs> well, it's, it's very similar, actually, to the kind of tone and style of... I I don't even know what to, how to call this like mouse central pro like mouse central programming or mouse centric media. Uh huh. Like there's there's a lot of media that focuses on mice being in a prey or you know downtrodden yeah. state. This is right after Fievel, and it looks right like after it. Fievel. Yeah, exactly, and mouse. So you know, um, yeah. So I don't know what precisely the show like it must have been going for something um like it must have had some sort of agenda if it was going to do these political themes i just kind of can't figure out what it was i can't really read into you know the motivations and the mindset of the people making it if i had to guess i would say like after a few issue after a few episodes they realized what would be more entertaining and they had to ditch the stuff that made it actually compelling yeah um i i have a hard time figuring out what the show was trying to go for and like where it exactly landed um we could we can we can hit that later yeah it's... Zane, do you have anything else to say about the plot or <laughs> or the novelty of the show it's <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second on that one. <laughs> okay. Like it's fine. Like it's a fine show. Yeah, it's it just doesn't. It doesn't do anything too different, except right, for toward the beginning the, when they were actually kind of political. The conception of the show was trying to make something. Like they were trying to make something kind of big, right? Yeah, they and they wanted just... to rival the Simpsons. They wanted to be topical and witty and fast. Mm. And it came out too middle of the road for that, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the writing or the fact that they were dealing with mice or... I mean, you could like have they just got this... their demographic wrong or something. Well, I mean, think about it. If you had made it more racy and more, you know, on the nose, where would you have, where would you have run it? Like, this ran on ABC, a, 
a network not traditionally known for, you know. Yeah. You know, it's not HBO. <laughs> no. <laughs> not yet. And if you're watching HBO, you're not going to pick this. So, you know, they, yeah. they hedge their bets a little too much, I think. Yeah, it seems like it. Like, they didn't kind of know what demographic they were trying to talk to. Like, they, it seems like they just kind of picked a similar ratio of adult and kitty as Simpsons. But for some reason, it just didn't work. Yeah, I, I feel almost the need to, like, talk about the the tone of the show before the characters just because... You're welcome to. Like, we can mix it up a bit. It's not a show for kids and adults in the sense that, you know, it's mostly fine. There's some stuff that will go over the kids' heads. It's got, like, it's very direct with the stuff that's not okay for kids. It's got gun violence. It's got beer. You can't, it's it's not the subtle jokes. It's the kind of thing where if a kid's over five, they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's not a family show. And then, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's a cockroach with a squast with a swastika hat. Like <laughs> uh, I forgot about him. Like what are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> I don't know, just Well, you can't ignore it because Who if is you that ignore him, if if you ignore the cockroach with the swastika hat the first time. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Like they might not come for you, but they're going to come for your friend and eventually there will be no one to come to stick up for you. To watch this show. To watch this show. End of sentence. <laughs> Period uh yeah so i guess but that so that's the main thing to keep in mind as we talk about this show is that they just kind of didn't know who they were talking to or were unsuccessful in doing so yeah yeah which is i mean it's still a good show it's it so it's weird to say that but like it, it's just not an, an exceptional enough show yeah given how much it seems like they put into it like if uh, you're if you're an adult who doesn't mind racy uh, topics but still enjoys you know the childlike whimsy of a cartoon it's a good show like i enjoyed it we it, this was made for us these shows became more prevalent later on actually you know with like uh fritz the cat and uh i recently uh ethan tuned me into something called slacker cats slacker cats yeah it's um it's sort of like in the same vein as comedy central cartoons like um yeah this would have fit on comedy central definitely yeah, like a like a like a Code Monkeys or something like that. I, I can't remember what uh, what oh, kind man. of stuff do like animated that, stuff. Do you remember that show, uh, Little Bush? Uh, uh, I, I thankfully never actually tried to watch it, but it looked real bad. It was even less subtle than this show. Like this show's yeah. better than that. Yeah, of course. But in terms of where it aired and when it aired, like this should have done that. Maybe. I mean, there's there's a bigger market for what this show was now, so it might have just been unstuck in time. Like maybe a decade down the line, it would have gotten gotten a lot more popularity. Yeah, I'll I'll sign on that. But then again, it would have had to have a lot less of like Looney Tunes DNA all over it if that was the case. Yeah, they hadn't quite broke the mold yet. Not quite. Um, let, you, let's talk about the character. What? Uh, you're right, though. It's definitely kind of like Bakshi esque. What do you in what way? Well, you said like Fritz the Cat. Like it. Is... Oh yeah. It's using yeah. this children's medium for adult themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's it's dipping its toe in that. Uh, I don't know why The Simpsons didn't do this. Like, it seems like The Simpsons kind of did the same thing, but just kind of worked. There were times in The Simpsons' run when it got cruder, and I think they self-corrected just because they have so much inertia. Um, with, yeah. With a show like this, you really have to take risks. That's true. There, it, we, we hold up Simpsons kind of this bastion of... Uh, 
of uh, of comedy, but we tend to forget that there were shit seasons. Yeah, it's it just, far from uniform. Right, exactly. And, and like maybe maybe even like uh, recent Family Guy stuff shows us what happens when you don't have that uh, that inertia. Right. And the best episodes of this show are better than the the worst episodes of those, but they just have it's it's a pedigree issue. Yeah, agreed. Um, All right, but let's talk about the characters. Sure. So we're starting with fucking Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> the, the voice acting on whatever. This. <laughs> yeah, I know it's great. I want to uh, I want to see an interview of him now and ask him like, looking back on that, what did you think was going on? Oh man, wouldn't it be great if they tried to interview him and uh, Lorenzo Music at the same time? <laughs> and <laughs> Lorenzo like just started growling at him because <laughs> <laughs> that's what cats do. <laughs> Um, yeah, but he plays the character of Max, a country mouse, literally, from Nebraska, whom is, uh, like I said, it's a fish-out-of-water story. Yeah, so he's idealistic. He's like, oh, wow, the nation's capital, where where shit gets done. Yeah. And <laughs> In <laughs> his that, own words. <laughs> um, and he's just constantly shattered by the truth of what's going on. Not really shattered, but tested. Uh, I would say, like I, this is a common. This is I, we're supposed to be Max, like when we're mm-hmm. growing up and kind of seeing the fabric of the ways in which the government or society has let us down. But he's used to a family which takes care of itself. He's used to a yeah. governing body which is self consistent and reliable. I believe so, in, in good old family values. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhat uh, frustrating that neil patrick harris got the most bland character in the show it, it was he was young i mean he played it well yeah you should I, go, I should go back and redub that i didn't tire of him at all like i liked it i liked the character i, I kind of did enough. just because he was bland um i mean he's a little bland but he stands in contrast to the entire like wacky spike lee movie that is going on <laughs> in the rest of like underneath the white house um you, you say that he's more tested i didn't I felt it was more like he his dreams were being broken because in an episode, most of the time will be like something bad happening to him, him becoming disillusioned with the process or with, you know, gun violence or racism, like learning how bad the world is. And the uptick is very short at the end. It's like, hey, everything, I, you know, maybe there's a glimmer of hope. It's not yeah, like everything's it's very, better. Yeah, it's very, very short. But that's why I say it's he's more tested than anything else because he never like... With with a couple exceptions that are directly tied to the grief of losing his family, which by the way, if you didn't remember, he his family dies in like the first five minutes of the first episode. Yeah. Um. Pretty pretty brutally. <laughs> yeah, like really really heartlessly and kind of callous for the Max himself also nearly dies like three or four times from what I saw per episode. <laughs> They're mice. Yeah. They don't live just, long. <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. Um, I forget, I forget where we were talking about precisely with him. About him being tested and and resolving. Well, I saw mostly the later episodes, so you might have a different grasp on how it is than I did. But uh, it seemed as though, um, especially with, like, an issue arises, Jamit kind of Daria's his way out of the situation. It's like, meh, who gives a fuck? And just walks away and, uh... Max, is, really Max shows up and he's like, well, 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 we should give a fuck, and this is why. <laughs> Let's all give a fuck. And then he tries to give a fuck, and he gets fucked. Yeah. Uh, in a moral. Then, yeah, in a moral sense. <laughs> and then Jamit has to bail him out, and 
like I'm not sure what the moral is there. Not precisely. Like, like people it's who worth give doing, too much, but of, it's dangerous. People who I guess. care too much should care less, and people who don't care enough should care more. Yeah, it's it's more like we should be a part of the like a part of the process trying to make things better, but we should also be careful when we do it. Yeah, like there's not like um, there was an episode where uh, roaches moved in, and there was this whole yeah. like race war kind of aspect to it oh man that's multiple episodes in well the, the one in particular where... race wars all over the show <laughs> it's the... like every five minutes they stop for a quick race war <laughs> they really do um but the the main one that i'm thinking of where there's like literally hundreds of cockroach eggs being hatched and born mm-hmm. and they're like max is like you know at the beginning of the episode i thought there's no reason why we can't all get along but now i'm realizing that Maybe we are just too different. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, it's, it's close. Yeah, and then and then it start. They start smashing the eggs, and Max has a difficult time figuring out what abortion means. Yeah, it, we all learned a lot that day. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that's pretty much all there is to Max. Yeah, he's he's the foil. Right. Well, the he's straight a straight man. man. Uh, the foil is more interesting, I would say. <sighs> Jam it. Oh, boy. Uh, voiced by Charlie Adler, whom we've seen as uh, Bugs Bunny and Ickes, mm-hmm. and he also voices everyone in Cow and Chicken in this. <laughs> That's right. Um, he he also, sounds just I, like Chicken in this. I, he, yeah. I made him out of mom and dad's old underwears. Or he Buster Bunny exactly. doing a bit. He sounds, well, he sounds like Buster Bunny fell in with the wrong crowd during his teenage years. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to be like Riley from the Boondocks, but it's really forced. <laughs> Uh, Charlie Adler is also, I felt the need to point this out, uh, he was a character in 100 Good Deeds for Eddie McDowd. Oh, no way! Uh, and the character was the dog father. <laughs> That's great. That's so good. But, uh, Jam- Jamit's pretty fun. He's like, got a lot of great dialogue. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, textured in the way that Max isn't. Yeah, um, so, it- it's a pretty straightforward, sarcastic character, um, but he just, he delivers it really well, and he's the reason why the show grew on me. Yeah, I think that Jamit, like, I think the voice acting for Jamit is what made the show good as opposed to decent. Yeah, agreed. Like, it's um, just that, it was just that. Because, uh, I'm not sure, hypocrisy doesn't usually get, like, communicated that well through voice acting. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's one episode where he gets a gun. <laughs> oh, boy. Because his friend gets eaten. He's like, I'm going to show that cat who's boss with a gun. <laughs> and then other people get other guns, and it's a whole thing. Um, yeah, I bet it's a whole thing. But <laughs> that's the, you can set up the plot of any of these episodes by, like, <laughs> um, here's the topic. Here's there's a sentence a quick, on what they do. It's, it's a, whole a whole thing. thing. There's a quick race war. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few race wars. Um, but he has this great line um are we men or are we mice? And Max says, we're mice. And he's like, yeah, but we're mice with a gun. <laughs> and yeah. all of his lines are like that. Oh, he's got some He's got some great dialogue. I wrote a couple of them down. Let me try to find them. Um, in one episode, uh, there's an ambassador that comes from Japan to stay at the White House. And oh, God. Brings like this trunk with kabuki gear in it. And so there's mice in the trunk. And you can bet that there's Mr. Miyagi music playing in the background whenever that guy talks. No, of course. So, like, um, there's a there's a Japanese mouse? Or... Yes, there's a okay. whole family of Japanese mice. <laughs> oh, I'm going on a very important 
you know, a uh, meeting with the American leadership. I better pack my bags. Or, uh, let's see. Tiny kabuki gear, <laughs> mice. Pro- yep. Probably a sandwich. <laughs> uh, I don't think they intended to have the mice there. but You say that. But um, That's their primary mode of travel is slipping into people's bags. Max ends up falling in love with uh, one of the one of the uh the 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 family the family of japanese mice's uh daughter mm-hmm. and says i'm in love with her i'm gonna go i'm gonna go find i'm gonna go to japan with her and uh Jamis response is japan as in made in japan japan <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great it's just it's just, it's just it's beautiful um, one, and one, the other time, one, one time he gives a uh he gives a line like first of all this and then uh mose uh the the cockroach the black cockroach yes <laughs> back back Ge- in the just days Ger- it's just gerald <laughs> back in the days when black was considered enough detail for a character's personality yes <laughs> yep um he's he's like um well that's not a good reason so i hope you got a second of all like just the way that they phrase the common confrontations is is very refreshing yeah like and it's like the kind of He's so practiced at it because of his relationship with his mother, which we'll get to in a second. Um, I wanted to say one other line because I think it's great. Yeah. Um, Where Max is, like, trying to tell him about how much he wants to go with uh, the Japanese mouse. And he's like, she's my world jammer. And Jammer's like, or Jammit. And Jammit's like... uh, (laughs) I think he should be called Jammer. Jammer! She's my world (laughs) Jammit. And Jammit's like, you've only known her for one day. She can't even be old zip code. (laughs) Because he talks like that all the time. So, Jam- there's a couple of interesting things about Jamet, which is he loves human smut. <laughs> okay. Which is so weird. Uh, he's got a ton of raunchy books in his room, which is this awesome, like, almost Arnold-esque pad where it's like, he's got like this big, like, love sofa and like, and just a bunch of garbage and stuff everywhere and these smutty books lining his walls. Um... In his introduction, we see him running away with a magazine that has an article in it titled Nazi Milkmaids in Acapulco. What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. He's just into weird smut. Um, Some of the books around his room, I wrote them down. Um, Sex Goddess, Bunker Babes, Cycle Sluts, and just one that's called Sleaze. (laughs) Sleaze Magazine. It's just Sleaze. Sleaze Times. The thing is, for some reason... The Sleaze Times Picayune. A couple of the words are misspelled, and I don't know why. Because they're mice. No, but the thing, they're books written by humans. Oh, so like those are serving as like walls. Yeah. Weird. So, so it's it's it, it should be cycle sluts, but instead it's cycle sluits. Oh, to get past the sensors. I'm thinking that's what it was, but what a weird way to do it. Man, if I like shrank down the mouse size, I would make a bookcase out of a book. A bookcase out of a book. What are we saying here? Like you hollow out the book, and then you put your your new size books in the book. <laughs> You're, this is so weird. <laughs> why, are you, why would you do that? Wait, no, let me try again. If I was normal sized, I would decorate my bookcase to look like it's a book. <laughs> if you were normal sized. Oh, oh, and you could put like a TV, like a flat screen on it, and have like a cover that opens if you want to get to the books. But then you I, open it too I am fast and the flat screen breaks. I am having such a hard time <laughs> orienting these objects that you're putting in my mind. Like, <laughs> I can't figure out how they connect together. Um, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. So uh, let's talk about Trixie. 
who is <laughs> who is Jamet's mom. Clearly a former prostitute. So great. Like uh <laughs> so obvious. I don't I don't not necessarily. Her name is Trixie. I, I think she's supposed to I think She's wearing that madame uh garb. Yeah, she looked like a like a like a bordello mistress or something. Yeah. Um her she's voiced by Patty Do- Deutsch. I think. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce names. Um, you may recognize her voice as the waitress from The Emperor's New Groove. Such a good movie. Isn't that great? The God bless you for coming out in public. That that whole voice, and it works so well with Jamet's like nasally, like pubescent, <laughs> like well, it, anger. It's great because she's kind of the only one who can tell off Jamet. So to have that level of witticism and disdain in your voice really sells it. Totally, and it, it and explains why Jamet is so good at arguing. Yeah. Because they, they just do it forever. I mean, it doesn't explain uh, Berkeley. I didn't even really consider... I didn't even really see her. Not not very much she past was, the first she couple was some episodes. Chaff. I think that these were the main three characters. I think that Trixie kind of rounds it out. I think that Muggle shows up more than Trixie. I fucking hate Muggle. Really? Muggle's the worst. <laughs> I... I he sounds like, like he sounds like you, someone from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Or you something. just you hate the randomness character. I do. He's like Dodo. He's like Go Go Dodo. I like so. This is comedian Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> that that's who that is. Yeah, and it, that it just has to destroy his voice. Ah! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Did you know that uh, Hoover Dam was built? <laughs> oh God! He just knows all facts. I just hate, I, he's so bad. And his, his thing is that he was a lab rat, and so he's got a bunch of chemicals injected in him, and so he randomly explodes. Yeah. You know, in the middle of our family drama underneath the White House with political allegory and race tensions, we have a guy that randomly explodes because of chemicals shoved in his balls. Also, the recording quality of his voice feels different. Like Oh, like it was put through a modulator? Yeah, or like he was recorded separately from everyone else. <laughs> Or, like, they only recorded him while he was, like, driving in a tractor down, like, a really rocky road. Yeah. I like the idea, <laughs> I like the idea that he only knows his own lines, because his lines are like, I know all that there is to know about every drug ever made. <laughs> um, let's see here. No, but I liked, I liked Muggle. Oh, man, he was my least favorite. Comically exploding. Fine. Um, he knows a bunch of random facts, so if you need to fill time... Random facts in a silly voice. It breaks the family dynamic. I didn't... The family dynamic wasn't what I was interested in. Uh, that's on, the only thing I'm interested in. It's so, the like, only they, thing of substance in the show. Right. But. So this is the thing. Like, when Max loses his family, that is not a single event that pro- propels the plot. It is a constant reminder. Like, he is constantly going back and being like, I miss them so much, I can't sometimes i miss them so much i can't even close my eyes they'll be right there in front of me like that this isn't like a sixth or seventh episode or something and so we have like and uh even trixie kind of points out you don't want to go to japan to be with the love of your life you want to be there be with them because you would have a family again and uh, it reminds you of your family, which is a really cool detail of her. Like and she we're understands. Gonna stop you. We're going to stop you from that happiness. She understands family dynamics really, really well. Well, she says you can go if you want to, but make sure you understand the reasons that you're doing it. Hmm. And she understands family dynamics so well. And I think yeah, it she's actually very like, grounded. Well, and, and experience. Like you get the feeling like um, there was like a turbulent romance 
between her and whoever Janet's father is that just kind of didn't work out. Oh, yeah. Like, because she's... No, that not, makes perfect sense. Yeah. She never talks about it, but, like, that's how I kind of saw it. Yeah. She's, she's just very knowledgeable about what Max is going through. You know, the idea of having a broken family. Yeah, th- those characters in that relationship do feel very real. Don't they? For and, mice. Uh, and I really like how uh, Trixie's very protective of Max and beat like it hits Jamet over the head for not being as polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it turns out that the real Washington was family. <laughs> what does that mean? I believe in supporting the family unit. <laughs> oh, I know. I know you miss Jack and the Wise Sage, but we're gonna get through it. Good boys. Snarf, snarf. We gotta stop doing Bill Clinton voices, <laughs> or rather, I have to stop doing Bill Clinton voices, and you have to stop talking like a weird traveling race car salesman. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> um, um. So we have one more character, at least as far as I am concerned, which is Mose. Yeah. So this is Dorian. He's a hip jive talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, every black person <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. So he's voiced by Dorian Harewood, who is uh, the same voice actor as Modo from Biker Mice from Mars. Oh. And okay. when I saw that, I was realizing that it seems like animated shows love doing this, is having <laughs> the one character that's meant to be the black one, both in terms of personality and culture as well as background music, to the point of the intro music switching into soulful saxophone the second we lay eyes on him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is... That's not great, but him (laughs) as a character is good. Oh, Um, yeah, totally. He's like like a different Jammet. Yeah, they they have kind of this mutual hatred, which is clearly just a stand-in for racial tensions. Like, they call each other names, like Sewer Rat and, like, uh, Bootlicker or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. You know, plague, plague spreader, and um, did we mention he's a cockroach? I think we did. Yeah. Okay. Good. I I like him a lot, even though he is such a stereotype. That yeah. No. Like he... kinda, it, just because he's like, I mean, this is why they have that stereotype in the show. That stereotype is really like, uh, it's an enjoyable one to to interact well, I, with. I I like his interactions with Jamet because you know if if Jamet's telling off Trixie. She'll say something witty to end the conversation. If mm-hmm. he's if he's talking with Moe's, they'll just go back and forth. Yeah, it, there's not like an implicit hierarchy there. Yeah, they're just fighting, and they kind of both recognize that that's just kind of what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they kind of accept it as like, okay, this is just what the racial tensions mean. <laughs> First race war, huh? Yeah, and explicitly like a, a like a like an underclass race war, right? Yeah, you know, there there's constant like allegories to like um to 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 street gangs like there's a bunch of bikers that are just like walking around beating up other biker gang like it's like it's like it's like uh the outsiders Co- cockroach with a swastika hat yeah man i wish i had noticed that well you see ben the mice and the cockroach they they fight because the cats are trying to keep them in rivalry so that they don't rise up and overthrow their oppressors that's true it, except that it's the all cats right here in my pamphlet <laughs> that's true except that the cats aren't doing dick shit yeah so these <laughs> there's some cats because it's a mouse show. Yeah, of course. Um, they are voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> because of course they are. Because they're cats. Yep. And they are supposed to represent then president and vice president Sonor Bush Sr. and Sonor Dan Sonor Quayle. Jr. <laughs> Dan Quayle. <laughs> oh yes. Man, 
Dan Quayle jokes just never get old. Yeah, I can't believe I, I I recognize that they were happening like in old Dave Barry books or like Doonesbury, but I never got. This was a guy. Yeah, exactly. It, it was never. He was never in my kind of purview. Because then after, because then once uh, Bush Jr. took office, and we were like, man, we miss Quayle. And now it's like, I am wistful about a time when we were wistful about Dan Quayle. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Zane, I feel like we're not going to quite be hurting for politician jokes for quite some time. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, interestingly, when I was looking up uh, Charlie Adler, the voice of Jammet, um, he was referenced as kind of like the next Frank Welker. Like, really? that's how talented he, he, he is and how well his like interview went over. is like, oh man, this is... We, we we really found something special here, guys. But then he just did that voice again for, you know, Bugs Bunny and for Chicken and for... I mean... Like, he's, he's definitely talented, but it, I don't think of him as having a range. Like, I put him on the same level as, like, Richard Stephen Horvitz. Like, he's sure. got a range, a limited range, but he does them really well. So yeah, like, that's he, the guy you get. Yeah, he's no, um, uh, Billy West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Moe's, I was wondering, do you have any recollection of this character in other stuff? Because I'd like to, I'd like to point out a few, just because I want to it to be obvious how prevalent this character is in so okay, many different so, things. So we got Moe's, we got Modo, we got mm-hmm. Gerald. Gerald is actually black. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, like fake black? Yeah. Uh, Skeeter off black. Uh, Ske- Skeeter's <laughs> off. Skeeter's off person. <laughs> it's not the same. Skeeter's a special case. But like Panthro. Yep. Um, I think Ratchet from Transformers. But I okay. can't remember. I'll take your word for it. Um, I know that one Transformer was this. I just can't remember which one it was. I'm, sh- I'm trying to think of some of the like. Someone from Garfield and Friends, probably. Oh, probably the Smurfs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah, Jive Smurf. <laughs> oh, man. Funky Smurf. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, I'll point them out as they as they come up later on, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I there, mean there's a reason that it gets... So this was also kind of the era of, like, oh, uh, the, the, the and things don- like donkey that. from Shrek. Donkey! Well, that's just... I mean, that's just because it was Eddie Murphy. That's not really even a... <laughs> I, I would say he was more play, He was more being stereotyped as Eddie Murphy than as a black person. Like, I think that's kind of different. That's that's true. Uh, but I, I understand why this character is so popular. Like, this was kind of the era of the Huxtables and things like that, where um, black culture was kind of being integrated, especially on a, on a cartoon level, to be... You know, because in the same way that, like, rap music is cool now, so that that kind of infiltrates the shows at some point, mm-hmm. um, the same thing was kind of going through uh, through for, for, for things like uh, Jive and Funk. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Tone? Yeah. Do, do this... you have any other characters? No, no, those those were all the characters, and really, like I you said, I thought that Berkeley was going to be bigger, but it's that trio, and then Moe's comes in, right? And then there's a, the other characters like uh, like uh, Muggle and uh, and Berkeley, who are just you guys. You guys handled the side plot. <laughs> yeah, we we need a B plot now. <laughs> we need it now. Go explode somewhere. Uh, Berkeley's at a protest. Oh, um, I get it, because she's liberal. Yeah. Ah, oh, God. 
That's a good joke. So, so, but but that actually leads into the tone because they there seems to be very progressive agenda throughout it through its characters, right? Their their very very nature of their society is living under the man, as shown by the villainous cats in Business Ties. Right. <laughs> well, but, the- and, and all the nicest characters are like pretty rebellious, like Berkeley, or just simple folk like Max. But that's where the allegory ends. There's well, any yeah, any art else form, there. A lot of art forms tend to, you know, if they're fighting against or, or talking about political stuff, they're going to fight against whoever's in power. And at this point, the Republicans had had the White House for, you know, a dozen years. Right. So it's naturally going to lean that way. But you're right. It goes away as soon as they realize, like, oh, jam, it's way more fun to watch. It, it makes it feel the good, the show feel like it has a gimmick that it doesn't really need. Yeah. Like there's there's not enough authority figures to make really many politically savvy jokes or messages. Like how many ways can we make fun of cats? Like there's just not really like the most interesting parts of the race wars. <laughs> like but or, or the family you, dynamics. During the during the second episode, uh, you overhear like Congress people talking about uh, a, a bill, like a proposed bill to send canned milk to Africa or whatever, and I enjoyed really enjoyed listening to the two senators like arguing one way and arguing the other way and coming to you know doing i actually really enjoyed hearing that because it was in my cartoon <laughs> <laughs> just just i, just I don't know why bit. i don't know like uh they, they could have made a show that was more like that but they like you said i think they realized that jam it was good and they just kind of let that take over and it's not like the the jammet and the dirtiness of the show wasn't there from the beginning. I mean, I was surprised by how dirty it was, but even in the first few episodes, it's like, eh, joking about getting shot up with LSD, sex dreams about twins in Vegas. Like, Yep, <laughs> good stuff. But then there's this other thing where they're sometimes they try to make it real, right? They try to make it dramatic or heartwarming, and they, they're just trying to do so many things. It, it seems like they're going for a larger theme than they were able to bear out, which is dealing with adversity when you're underprivileged. Right. Like, uh, in the case of Max, it's specifically grief. And, you know, heavy, explicit grief at that. Like, um, the, the, the line that I said earlier, like, some nights I can't, I can't close my eyes because I miss them so much. Like, things like that. Um, but the other characters are having a rough time as it, well, of it as well. You know, having to constantly be on the lookout for cats, stealing the president's leftovers, uh, and looking out for exterminators as well. And there's uh, Jamet and Trixie. Are they have each other? But there's clearly something missing for them. Yeah, it it never really rises above. It's a life in the city show. Mm-hmm. Life in the city show is is kind of where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This show seems pretty heavy, especially considering that we're dealing with mice, until you recognize, as we had said previously, that this is a thing that happens in Mouse Central Media. What does? You know, cute characters, and then heavy themes of, like, death and acceptance. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like, what it, mice are for. Like, for Fievel and Ma- and Mouse, the, 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 the graphic novel. Um, and that works because they're in serious media, not so much for a syndicated cartoon, I would think. Um, yeah, it's... I think it does work better in movies, certainly, like Great Mouse Detective, even. The dark, the dark, uh, kind of. oppressive atmosphere. Because you're 
you're tying, I mean, a bit better. In, you're tying in the idea of mice to humans, and you need a cohesive whole, like one discrete unit of content to establish that theme well. And when you right. have a show and you don't know how long it's going to go and you don't know when it's going to get canceled and you got to appeal to the kids and to the adults. Yeah. The concessions it, were made. The concessions were made. Yeah. P- punches were pulled. Teeth were un- undone. <laughs> yeah. Like that the classic, jaws were opened up. <laughs> yeah. The teeth were undone. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, because this is like, when, when I was thinking about how much mice media there was i was wondering if there was a pattern for other types of animals oh like when you see a dog it means this yeah kind of like when you see a mouse in media it means that things are cute on its face but also like really heartrending and 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 tense because there's that predator prey relationship Uh uh-huh and we've seen bunnies bunnies are always kind of always happy yeah, they're, they're pretty chipper and uh, and sly. They're, they're cartoony cute, but they're never in full danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of duck shows. Like, uh, I'm wondering if those are usually, they have to be campy because <laughs> they're ducks. Campy and angsty. Angsty? Angsty how? Oh, I guess uh, with Darkwing Duck and maybe Scrooge a little bit. Darkwing Duck, Scrooge, Donald, Daffy, they are all angsty characters. Daria. Daria. <laughs> Daria Duck. <laughs> Just doing duck face. Oh, boy. Um, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're definitely shorthands for things. It seems like it. I, I've got, I gotta, like, read how into much of it. That, how much of that came out of Looney Tunes versus popped up afterward? I, I think it probably popped up afterwards. Like, uh, mice work really well for this, you know, cute cute characters that we want to we want to have happy but have all the enemies in the world like that's just their that's just their nature so it's yeah, easier that's to write in life it's easy to write yeah, there's, uh, there's a reason that the cockroaches weren't the main characters in this ducks are so goofy looking that like you have to make goofy stuff happen around them otherwise <laughs> it doesn't make sense yeah um yeah i, think I should watch howard the duck at some point and see if see if that actually is is the case did you watch zootopia I didn't. I heard really good things about it, though. It also kind of has this. It has yeah. a bunny who is just constantly upbeat and determined. It has mice who are, like, mafioso. <laughs> Wait, there's just a room full of jammets? <laughs> it's it's more Bunch Godfather than jammets. <laughs> oh, I'm walking here. <laughs> I, I'm walking here. We're all walking here. <laughs> oh, man. You should, you should check out Zootopia, though. I, I I had heard that I should so so I will because I went. Yeah, go, goes down smooth. Yeah, I I was very unimpressed by the trailer. That is fair. So I I, I think I've been hesitant, but I I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, the title names on this show are pretty great. Title names? Like I oh like, like the titles of the, each episode? Yeah. Yeah, they're all puns. Yeah, I I mean I like when. They make the effort to do that. Uh, which ones in particular did you like? Uh, I only read, wrote down a couple, but a rat to bear arms. Pretty, pretty stupid. No, but it works in two ways, mm-hmm. right? Because it's about guns, it's about guns, yeah. And they're mice, and rat sounds like right. Mm-hmm. And There's bears a... are animals. Like That's it's a true. multi-level pun. Yeah. Um. Oh, Barry from uh, from uh, Angry Beavers. He's the black one. 
Yeah, Barry Bear. <laughs> Although he's more like that's like he's Donkey and Eddie Murphy. That's a specific. Yeah, that's a specific black man. It's kind of different. I think it's different because Eddie Murphy isn't specifically voicing him, right? Or, or rather, Barry White is not specifically <laughs> voicing. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, in the same way that Max is an interesting character because Eddie Murphy is not specifically voicing him. (laughs) If you look at all the characters in the world, the best ones are not voiced by Eddie Murphy. (laughs) I I love those like overly specific, like meaningless, like Coens that you can that you can try to make. (laughs) Yeah, Um, like uh, what was it? I think it was Jacob Evelyn, your friend, who once showed up on the on the episode "The Point" in our Unshelled segment. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he once made the like the best metaphor ever in how stupid it was. The universe is like a tree. It has leaves in it. <laughs> like entirely true. Sounds like it should be deep, but it's really dumb. <laughs> it's Love that. Uh, a couple of the other title names are An Embarrassment of Roaches. Great. Get- <laughs> yep. Perfect. And then the third one, which is The Lady Doth Protest to Munch. Ooh, that that's that's good because it's bad. Yeah. Exactly. And because it kind of sounds like the title of one of Jamit's books. Oh, ooh. Yeah, think about that. I don't want to. <laughs> well, you, you're doing it now. Um, it, talking about mouse eroticism. Yeah. You, <laughs> I would imagine that there's a lot of, like... Let's throw the mind back to <laughs> Bible Goes West Bordello scene where Tanya no, I... <laughs> mouse has her boobs pushed up, which mouse of mice, of course, wear bras. I would imagine that if you were a mouse living in a man's world... <laughs> the sexual fetish of like being eaten oh yeah is much more prevalent do you think that the cats are just trying to get off uh they're trying to get in get the <laughs> mouse in them <laughs> so confusing wait wait wait. Uh, sexual fetish for who no for the mice for the mice they want to be eaten no they like they want to fake get eaten but it's risky because anything could eat them it makes sense like a predator prey prey uh kind of kind of like the chase if i was a mouse <laughs> look I, I don't want to get too into it but if i was a mouse <laughs> like that, that's not even that ridiculous a thing to say though then like i know you started out like that but the idea of like introducing fake danger is uh is a thing that uh like this this is not the first time it's ever been posited right for as a as a form of like foreplay Remember, everyone, if you want to listen about uh, sexual fantasies, just go to uh, your local Cartoncast podcast about gold cartoons, and we'll, we'll fix you right up. We're sort of jumping outside of our outside of our specialties here, Zane. Um, eggs. Eggs. D- Dinkleberg. Ma- magical warriors. Uh, let's uh, let's move along. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the intro for animation as, uh, being very jazzy. Do you know what that theme is based on? Like that it generic presidential sounds sound like thing? it sounds like Joy to the World, doesn't it? I know that's not like I know that it is a specific song, but I could not find which one it was. It's, it's not Hail to the Chief. It's something. It, it sounds like that old like jingle, like Joy to the World, the something's dead. You know that thing? No, it's. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch it again. I'm pretty sure that's what you're thinking of. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh that that as well. 
Yeah, it's sort of like a mix between the two, I would say. It's, it's, no, I'm sure it's a specific song, but anyway, it quickly becomes jazzy, and I really like the jazzy version. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they do this, again, like, once Moe shows up. They do this pan across a bunch of, um, you know, mouse habitats and those big, very detailed structures. Yeah, and then they go to the cockroach habitat, which I didn't realize was Cockroach Town until, like, a th- third episode that I watched. You didn't realize it was Cockroach Town until you see them playing on the basketball court. And well, Monk like, well. was there for no fucking reason. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I didn't really dig the music to the intro, but I liked the... I liked what it... I liked how it looked. Like, um... You know, like like you said, the panning across, it kind of felt like Fraggle Rock. And I yeah, really like, that. hey, check out this underground clubhouse. It's it's like what they do in Hamtaro, but to much exactly. better effect there. It's exactly like what they do in Hamtaro. They're like, this cool place that you don't know about, but could exist. So The difference is that here, they kept it to scale. Right. And I don't think that works as well. It's very vacuous. There's a lot of space in it, but it makes sense because there's a whole civilization underneath. Yeah. We all got to live here together. Yeah. In this one square block underneath the White House. You only see the one square block, but that doesn't mean that's the only one. I think it is. Okay. <laughs> Do there's, your thing. Just, there's something about mouse cartoons that just means great backgrounds. It seems that way. I think it might has... have just been early 90s. They were still trying to make really good, like, uh, they, they had, you know, pretty, they, they weren't just cranking them out at this point, so they didn't Yeah, really... they put effort into mm. it. Every, everything's got a sense of size and weight. There wasn't a sense, like, an, a way to save money essentially like until like they they were following i assume they were following ducktales examples for a while which is put a lot of money into this syndicated cartoon get rewarded it wasn't really like (laughs) make a shitty cartoon with a funny gimmick hopefully get rewarded like that wasn't kind of on the plate yet right no they had to they had to figure out what was worth funding and what was not right and i mean this you know on its face seems like something that would do well yeah, it's it's part of the um, it's part of the uh, what what was it called? It's the Dark Age of animation, and then into the Renaissance, the animation Renaissance of the '90s, where a lot of uh, successful people were coming out of like art schools and getting hired for their creative bents, and uh, they just had a lot of money to play with in this era and could take these risks. So the backgrounds naturally are going to look better because they actually had the um, they had the wherewithal to make them look better. Right. And and they also didn't really know at this point like how a mouse show works. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't get that you need that analogy between what they're doing and what humans are doing. You need to check back in. I think if there was like a human recurring character. God, that'd one, be so weird. Either one that did interact or didn't interact. I don't know. I think it would open things up a lot. That that'd be hard. Like we only see their legs like it's a cow and chicken kind of moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that'd be a hard thing to do. And I wouldn't like it, really. Like, I like the idea that they're aware that they're, you know, the subservient species, that they're kind of the underdogs in a way. Like, I don't want them to have that relatability. Um, I don't know. I think it either needs a parallel or relatability. I think they just needed to kind of focus on what they were trying to do. Like, are they trying to make these political connections or are they trying to make us laugh because family comedy? <laughs> and uh, it started as one and then turned to the other near the end of it. Um, There's not really a lot else to say about this show. I, I did notice that they have some very expressive faces 
that is sort of the bent of animation in this time period, the early 90s. But other than that, there's a there's nothing special about it. I noticed that they're real ugly a lot of the time. Well, Jammin has to be ugly. Max looks good. Nice big eyes. Cute he's, cute hair tuft. He's so pristine. Like, he's a several shades brighter than everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, what did you think about... Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of other things to say. Did you think... What did you think of the intro music? Like, because you mentioned it, but I don't know if you... I don't think I got the impression that you liked it. Um, jazz. Like, the jazz part was good, but... cover of a song. <laughs> plus... It's got that like, like the like oh cartoons about to happen. Yeah, like dun 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 like it's leading into the thing. <laughs> this show is basically Fraggle Rock. It's just Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Except Fraggle Rock was really good. But here's the thing, Zane. Remember in the finale they had uh, the Fraggles meeting. What's his face? Yeah, Mr. Schimmel. No, um, no, no. That was the that was his antagonist. Sprocket and what's his face. Yeah, I don't know who, who I don't know what his face is, but I'm sure well, he has Fraggle, a name. Fraggle Rock was actually good for kids and for adults. That's true. And I think you know they were still in life-threatening danger. It was campier. I don't know what the difference is. Like I understand why it appealed to kids. It also looked a lot nicer. Like the puppets, just flopping around on sticks. They looked just they just looked funny. Like the the models looked very funny. These ones kind of don't. There's a certain freedom that you get when you're not trying to say, like, this is a mouse. Yeah, that's true. Like, the idea that they're just, like, creatures that we can just make up. You're limited by what a mouse looks like. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I, I think it's been the common opinion of humanity for thousands of years that mice are pretty gross. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of... You know, the, the classic 50s poster or as so, poster as someone image who has... of, a, of a woman, like, going, eek, a mouse, and jumping on the table and rising her skirts up. Do you want to be like this? <laughs> no, try cigarettes. And as, as, war bonds. As someone who has killed hundreds of mice. For fun. It wasn't just for fun. <laughs> I wasn't getting paid, but it wasn't just for fun. <laughs> it's technically a hobby. <laughs> uh, they all do kind of look alike. Well, okay, Zane. <laughs> you, don't need to do, you don't need to say that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know. They all look alike. I don't. I'm, I don't think that's a bad thing for me I'm, to say. I'm just, I'm just saying. Line line up two black people. Look, I can't tell every, the difference. Look, everybody's thinking it. Jeez, oh, <laughs> you don't. You don't need to say it, saying <laughs> like we know that mice look alike. Like, like they look alike. That's why you gotta take the the whole punch to their ears so you can label them. Oh my I'm god! I'm just saying if if we numbered them, we could tell them apart more easily. <laughs> Who are you being right now? I'm not even sure anymore. Is it, is it Trump? I don't even know. I'm just filling time. <laughs> Just vamping, just vamping about race racism against mice. Yeah, is that a is that a thing? Um, I will say that the white mice were the ugliest. I mean, not in this show. I mean, ugly is kind of a relative term, isn't it? As as a human. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so long ago that I uh, to talk about one other thing in music. It wasn't so long ago that I wouldn't notice like the blatant cultural appropriation. In the background music. Okay. So, like, everything with Moe's is pretty much what you'd expect. Yeah. You know, uh, frequently when he's when he comes onto the screen, it'll turn kind of jazzy. Do you think that was pa- that was pandering at the time? Like, they, I think like, it was. Oh, no, the black audience will love this. 
I, I think it was more just like the kid audience will love this, you know, like in, in a way that like, this is the cool stuff now. Like in the way that like you, if you watch Cousin Skeeter, even if you're a white kid, you're just like, here's some cool stuff. Yeah. But it's hard for me to say that because I don't have a point of like, I don't have a basis for, for, I don't have any expertise in the subject. So <laughs> no, like I'm not going to claim things about, um, about it with the, what the animators thought or what the writers thought. Yeah. Or, or what kids think is cool. But, uh, like, and, and the one point, there's a ja- family of Japanese mice that come over, and the father talks. There's, like, that kind of high strings and bamboo flutes. Man. How- <laughs> like a Legend of the Mystical Ninja game. Somebody had to very... Somebody had to be determined to put that in. Right, exactly. I mean, and, and, and you know, say what you will about it. It does make the scene a little bit more dynamic. Like having these different themes behind people, we all know how much I love late motifs. It's just, it's just when they cross so clearly to racial lines that it's, yeah. Like there were better ways of doing like, it. Like I'm not actually that offended. It's just kind of uncomfortable. It's lazy. Yeah, it's also like pretty lazy. Also, <laughs> when the cockroach town shows up, I don't know. It's like a New York City or something. There's full of cockroaches. Nothing but ethnic stereotypes. You have oh, yeah. two elderly Jewish people in a car arguing about dinner. You got um. Some, uh, there's like a, there's this one like Italian, uh, cockroach that uh, when they, like, they, they, they run out on the check or something and he comes out wave, waving his fist and doing that kind of, like that, whatever that is, you know? There's something so weird about the fact that the cockroaches aren't just black people, but they're everyone. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, everyone, like every but, they're, they're everyone but white. <laughs> they're everyone but white mice. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it, it's it's pretty strange. Like I'm not offended so much as perplexed. Like there are other small animals. Yeah, yeah. It, other it, small it, animals exist. Like you had the opportunity to do this. Like they backed off on the racism in the worst way. Yeah. Well, it's kind of weird because you can you can develop that you know racial tension, white and black people, and you got uh, mice and cockroaches. But you break that when you're adding all these other, you know, ethnicities into the same... Like, you could have just... Why didn't you just have them a different animal? You could have still kept up with the same themes in the same way, but it wouldn't be real fucking weird. (laughs) Because that's what what Mouse does, right? The the graphic novel. Um, Yeah, because, like, uh, like the dogs are, like, Switzerland or something like that. It's like, oh, we Mm -hmm. could take them out, but we don't want to get involved. Or or not uh, Switzerland, um, the U.S. or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that, and the French are frogs. This was, this was also a thing in uh, Cowboys of Mumesa. Yeah. Because you had, you know, the, the steers were the main people with their, with their fucking their fucking mammaries and, like, cre- creepy cow boobs. Uh, but then you also had, like, deer and elk as, like, um, as, like, Native Americans. Yeah, so I guess, I guess the way that this show does it is not necessarily better or worse, it's just different than the way other shows do it, and that draws attention to the racism again. Yeah, a little bit. Um, they they do make good uh, use of Looney Tune sound effects, um, but they they oh, yeah. also they also branch out in certain places into non classical bits. Like, oh really? They, not background noise bits. Like kind of like I was saying with the late motifs. A lot of them are lazy. Um, but one that I really liked was a moment when Muggles started freaking out. There was like this screechy guitar riff. Um, like, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to bring it to mind. I, I only saw it happen once, but like, 
that was like a like it's not a personality thing because muggle doesn't have a personality such as it is but it's like that fits his character in a non-racial way yeah no but that's interesting though that they were trying new things out yeah i just i wouldn't i wouldn't have minded more of it like what if uh what if sometimes when trixie talked you kind of got like a kind of like a sultry jazz number Mm mm-hmm because that kind of fits with with her with yeah, her personality. Call, call back to the call girl. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird that there's all this these little bits of evidence that they thought about how to put their best foot forward on this, but didn't do it consistently. And that's why I say this show seems like it's got a lot of good parts and a lot of good uh, a lot of good attention, and the the focus just kind of wasn't syncing up. Yeah, they 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 were still they filling that- out the method of putting on a program for their audience like this is still new like making syndicated cartoons that are good it's kind of still a new process and they just kind of didn't know how to do it effectively yeah they they knew that there was good stuff in it but when you remove this part well that's good in some ways yeah cohesion cohesion in your message (laughs) yeah exactly you know like we do (laughs) yeah exactly with our fucking bill clinton impersonations um yeah i I think that's pretty much it yeah i mean so uh closing remarks did you like it i liked it i thought jamit and the dialogue did a lot for it jamit and trixie i I thought were especially good Mm -hmm. um at the end of the day it's kind of just another cartoon yeah it it wasn't reaching far enough in any direction it Uh, was reaching far enough it just didn't it wasn't all the same direction (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, the the forces cancel out, Ben. If you if you draw a vector Free body diagram, diagram. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. I would watch it if somebody if you like it would if if uh, you know if Cartoon Network was running a marathon of uh, of this twenty five year old show. <laughs> <laughs> Get on it. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think I'll be seeking it out again. Nah, me neither. It, it's it's good though. Like I, it's a it's a good show. I, I just wish I had when I when I chose it. I thought we were going to be able to talk about like political analogies in our cartoons, and I couldn't. Wasn't, and it frustrated there wasn't me. Any, there wasn't enough there. No, I'd be very curious to hear from someone who like grew up watching this, like when they were a kid, and I want to know like how much of this registered. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder that as well. Like, because they don't start shy away from sex or grief or death or anything like that. Um, uh, like I, I, I bet you a lot of them liked Muggle. I, I like Muggle. Well, yeah, but... He was wacky, Ben. It's, stop it. <laughs> you're, you're becoming our worst customer. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's put a bow in it. Zane, what are we doing next? Uh, next time, we are going to watch the original Popeye. Yeah, that should be, so... that should be something yeah <laughs> i'm gonna try to look up tijuana bibles with, for 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 popeye lore is is that where he's in like is he in those i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and try to find those i, I think i might have imagined that those exist but i, no, I those, bet they do those, they definitely exist i just don't remember what their connection was to popeye i bet i think popeye was in them or at least huh. a couple well sure let, let me look um, this up no, I'm looking forward to talking about his his beefy arms and and spinach and all that. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot to be said from, uh, there's a lot to be said from like character modeling, in 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 Popeye. 
Like, they're yeah. so iconic, and it's because they were long, on for a long time, but it's also because, like, Popeye looks fucking great. It did a lot for pop culture, and it'll be nice to dissect why why it was. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have a guest for that. I hate it when people try to appropriate Popeye culture. Yeah. It's olive oil, not... Oh, boy. I'm in over my head, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may- maybe not. <laughs> Dial it back. Hang on. Tijuana Bible Museum, Popeye. The description says, Popeye and Wimpy man the home front as the sailor's wife hungers for something more filling than spinach. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm so glad I looked this up. Alright, well, keep those in the back pocket. Oh, yeah. Pretty um, much wherever I go from now on. And uh, what's going to be in the backer pocket? So, uh, we, we decided that we it's another movie, movie segment. Um, we are going to be doing an anime movie this time. Oh, ho. And you and I have discussed this already, so it's no news to you, but we've gotten a lot of feedback on Facebook of what to do, and we see, received a ton of good suggestions, which are all kind of on our on our list now for when we do it again. But what we decided to do was the first Lupin the Third movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've each seen at least one Lupin the Third movie? The second movie, in fact. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably going to watch a couple... Like I'm gonna probably watch this one and also one of the worst ones, but I think that this <laughs> I think so that the first the one I think that the first one is kind of highly regarded. Yeah, it's like the mystery of uh, Mamo. Is that yeah, the secret of Mamo, thing? mystery of Mamo, depending on the translation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna be watching the dub. Okay, yeah, I was planning on doing that, but uh, I really if, love the, uh, if somebody uh, really wants character. us to watch the sub, yeah, da- let us know. Make it so. Make it so. <laughs> Make it so. Number one, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and oh. you can make it so number one by <laughs> liking us on Facebook. Yep. We're going to our website, cartoncast.com. Leave a comment on either one of those about upcoming shows or what you would like to see. Or go to ratings or review on iTunes and give us a thumbs up or something. And tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Until next time. I'm walking here. <laughs> I'm walking here. Lionel, I'm walking here. <laughs> Lionel, I'm walking here. Um, yeah, I think I think let's let's put a hard cap on our Bill Clinton references. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're out. Yep. <laughs>